0: From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in Concrete, Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen
1: Brins Johnson, and I make nice games.
0: I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I, too, make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are verisimilitude and indie game credits. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start.
1: Say it again.
2: First try. (laughs) First try. He got it. Verisimilitude. Ooh, nice. Nice.
0: That should be the official Google pronunciation thing. (laughs) Steven. What they have is just me.
1: (laughs) Steven saying verisimilitude. (laughs) Verisimilitude. We
2: were talking before the show, like, that's a word I sort of use from time to time, like in my day-to-day life. And the two of you struggling looking at up pronunciation (laughs) guides for it. And I was like, am am I like, am am I a dork? (laughs) Like... Both things can
0: be true, yeah. I suppose so. <laughs>
1: there are just lots of eyes, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me,
0: yeah, yeah. But uh, we did it, we did it right out of the gate, yeah. Um, so Dale's birthday
2: has passed, <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. this is not gonna make any sense, to listeners. It's not it, actually as planned, it wasn't going to anyway, yeah. But um, we, uh, we normally record two episodes in a session, mm-hmm. and we the, what we're recording. Now is a makeup episode, because yes. uh, we only recorded one the last time. Right. And during our last recording session, it was Dale's birthday. Yay. We wanted to hoot and holler, um, but we didn't get around to it in that episode, so we yeah. were in this episode, so calendar bath.
0: You know, actually, the reason why we didn't uh, record two episodes is because it was Dale's birthday, and we went to lunch, or dinner.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so and was... we were just kind of dogging it that day. I was and really tired. Yeah. I
2: think that was, it was ultimately, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: all good. It happens. I didn't. Didn't want to call you out specifically. <laughs> Mark was too tired.
2: Yeah. Well, was, I, I want the record to reflect. <laughs> yeah, <all> right. <laughs> I'm owning up, owning it. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, it's Dale's birthday. And it's nice. Mm-hmm. Dale and I are a year and two weeks apart. Yeah. And so our birthdays uh, hers is at the end of August. Mine's in the middle of September. Mm-hmm. So mine will be in our next recording session next yes. week. Um, and so it, it's like the same day of the week every year, which is like kind of fun. That it's is like fun. exactly two weeks apart, mm-hmm. um, but they're in different months, which lets Dale claim all of August as birthday month. <laughs> yep, right. And then because it's right at the end of August, yeah. like she gets September also. It's only fair. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And you get the one day at least, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> depends on the year. I think. <laughs> depends on
0: the year. All right. Yeah,
2: I got her a couple of uh, uh, bug snacks merch items oh, from Fan Gamer.
0: Cute. Talking
2: about nice. bugs, next. Yeah. <laughs> I love that theme. Yeah, the pl- uh, proliferation of like indie game merch mm-hmm. has been really nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we should do that as an episode. We've done merch. I we think, have, but I think like actually just examining the field. Oh, sure, it would be interesting. Hmm. That would be cool. Um, like how
1: how to merch? Well, we, to I merch? think
2: we tried that. Um, it's it's it's. I almost would just want to get into it now, but it's a tough topic. <laughs>
1: nope. Yep. Not to, not today. Sorry, Mark.
2: Yeah. All right. We've got other topics. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um. El- Ellen, share your shame.
1: <gasps> My shame.
2: <laughs> okay. Maybe not your your pride.
0: <laughs>
1: you. Uh, no. I think you used the right. I just haven't heard that phrase before. I think it's accurate. <laughs> okay. Um. I have. I have been nursing a houseplant problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Not fighting it. <laughs> I got a new plant. It's a pretty plant. Mm-hmm. It's called a croton. I'll probably kill it. Oh, boy. Probably. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited about it. I'll, I'll put a picture up on Twitter or something.
2: You brought a plant into the office. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. There's a plant over there. Um, It's not the plant that I got. Mm-hmm. I got this plant from the office a long time ago. Mm-hmm. We've gone through a few different plants at the office at this point. Yeah. Trying to find the right fit.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of game merch and plants, this all ties together okay oh, yeah. i'm okay. really
1: excited for this
2: so years ago, I did one of those uh, loot box things. do you remember oh, that yeah, was mm-hmm. like popular for a while, yeah, yep. yeah, and there was like uh, they do it two ways you subscribe to it, or like every month they tease what the topic is to like sucker in new people, yeah, so I got suckered in <laughs> and uh, for like a month or two, and so I got two things I was interested in a bunch of uh you know trinkets I was not, and one of the things i couldn't find a place in my life for was a giant ceramic mug that looks like um Uh, Mega Man's Blaster.
0: Oh, cool. Okay.
2: And it's like, it's a little unwieldy to use as a thing and I'm not the biggest Mega Man fan in particular even though I quite like that series so I didn't, it wasn't, I wasn't something I would display anywhere. Yeah. Anyway, so Dale filled it up with dirt and there's a cactus in there now. Oh, yay. So we're gonna bring that into the office.
0: Oh, cool. Okay.
2: That's great. Wow, we should
0: get more nerdy things around the office. We Mm -hmm. got my Kirby's, we got a Metroid, we got Tali from was that met- mass effect that's it mm. yep mass effect she's <laughs> other other favorite. things there's
1: a star wars or star trek figurines Lots kind of. of star trek figurines there's a borg hanging from a cube in here <laughs> which always i love that
2: yeah it's great yeah we, I, you know when we when we put the place together it was like oh we could really make it look professional so that we have a bar to then sink from yes like, mm-hmm. at <laughs> toys and trinkets yeah we've done it we've done a pretty good job with that
1: right i'd say so right the culture that we're aiming for is erode the professionalism yes yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) 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 all right
0: (laughs) speaking of professionalism let's get started (laughs) um ellen your topic
1: it's verisimilitude yes did I do it?
2: I think you, know, you said it like it was nothing. Yeah.
1: Verisimilitude. Um, we will definitely link this word in the show notes it, where you can pull up dictionary.com and look at the pronunciation guide and listen to it. Um, yeah, we did that right before we started recording. <laughs> <I was laughs> we like, did. Press play again, Stephen. Press play again. <laughs> verisimilitude. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to talk about verisimilitude because when <laughs> we were um, doing a brainstorming session for, for a new. You know, for upcoming episodes and roundtable topics that we wanted to discuss, yep. at some point in the conversation, when we weren't we were talking about something completely different, Mark dropped the word as he's wont to do. And <laughs> oh, is this
2: is this actually rooted to me as my fault for
1: sure. You must said like something about verisimilitude, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, shoot, I have to pronounce the word. <laughs> this my topic, I have to actually pronounce the word. So, uh, yeah. So verisimilitude is. A word that references like the appearance of being true or real, right? Yeah, okay. So I think it's a word that, at least when you use it, Mark, mm-hmm. we're we're referencing the idea of playing with realism in a game,
2: right? And it's a little different from veracity, which oh my is, gosh, <laughs> similar root, but verisimilitude <laughs> okay. is the appearance of veracity, right? It's mm-hmm. it appears real, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily doesn't necessarily have veracity, right? Just be dropping new grammar and
0: words on me like this? Okay.
1: It's going to be V for Vendetta in a couple of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll link to Veracity as well. Yes, we will. Uh, but yeah, so the appearance of being true or real, which is interesting because I think being able to uh, to play with the appearance of being true or real, that's something you can, you know, you, there's some flex in there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of thinking about this, and I did a little bit of reading, and I wanted to talk through kind of the conclusions that I came to and poke holes in them with you all. Um, when I was thinking about this, you know, and this is going to, I'm going to be kind of going down to first principles and building up from there, but like mm-hmm. we, we expect more verisimilitude than um, we from some games than we do from others. So yeah. like so we expect some games to be um, more realistic In their portrayal of the the world, than we do with others. We expect to be playing around with different aspects of um, verisimilitude in reality with different genres of games. And even within a specific genre, some games are gonna have um, more of that realism than others. And so I kind of thought of these three different categories, right? So, like the top category, we have lots of verisimilitude, is really high fidelity, it's really realistic. And those are games where realism is the point. Yeah. And then we have kind of like this moderate verisimilitude where realism is leveraged, but it's not the point. Mm. And I think that's where you're gonna find lots of your most games, right? Yeah. And there's gonna be this wide spectrum between, you know, within the moderate, like between realism and and not. But then there's um kind of like this low verisimilitude where it's really, really abstract and you're not you're not really leveraging the you know, the a realistic representation of the human experience. In the gameplay um you might be just completely leaning upon like game you know video game design conventions right. or so on oh, and so yeah, forth it's yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. all abstraction all the time
1: it's all abstraction all the time so that's those, those are kind of like just the three categories i came up with might be able to break that down into more categories but i think the the breakdown would happen in that middle that middle zone mm-hmm. and i couldn't really think of great Uh, Delineators between different Parts of that middle zone So it's just those three categories High verisimilitude, moderate verisimilitude And low verisimilitude Um, How many times can I say verisimilitude It's a drinking game Why don't don't we have a counter
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh gosh
1: Okay your challenges is on you. Listeners, at the end of the episode, yeah. tally up the total.
0: We'll, <laughs> Get back to us. Whoever, whoever's closest wins the prize. Yeah, we'll,
1: uh, whenever we edit it, we'll go through and like minutely count how many no, no, no. no, no, hand-up- No, no, no. We're not going to
0: I'm editing this episode. I'm pretty sure it's
1: mm, not happening. Never mind.
0: <laughs> Someone okay. else do it for me. <sighs> okay, uh, so what, I, I'm curious what examples of, uh, of, of these different levels of verisimilitude? are there
1: yeah so they're probably i mean they're bazillion right i, mean, yeah. I think the idea is you could take any game and you could fit it into one of these categories mm-hmm. um but i wanted to come up with just a couple for each one so that we could decide if that, those make sense mm-hmm. um and i'm kind of hoping that to some extent they don't because then yeah. we can talk about why they don't and that makes it more interesting yeah okay so for high verisimilitude i almost feel like this is kind of like the easiest category because it's like the way that i described it was for these games realism is the point yeah Right. So. You're talking about simulators, mm-hmm. oh, right? Okay. okay. So flight simulator, truck simulator. I almost would expect like Kerbal Space Program to go in here because mm. even though there aren't Kerbals in real life, as far as we know, maybe the <laughs> maybe the web telescope will find them. Yeah. But like it, the game is about the physics and yeah. the realism yeah. of the physics.
2: Well, I think you bring up a really interesting point that makes Various uh, Verisimilitude different from realism, mm-hmm. which is that it, it is um, contextual. So. Kerbal Space Program has that because it relies on real physics, but it doesn't make the world that it's part of any more realistic. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and simulators uh, have a lot of realism, and so they—they—if you were to also, you know, high, middle, low realism, they would fit in that same category. Mm-hmm. But a game like Burnout or Need for Speed yeah. might have high verisimilitude, even though it's not realistic in terms of like how a car handles. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, sure. And that's a big part of I think what makes it different and why it's a, why it's something that is sort of a game topic, which is it's not really, realism is not the aim you should go for even when you are making a simulator, Yeah. yeah. right? Unless, I mean, there are certain categories of simulator that are, that are uh, to be so authentic that that's their brand. Mm-hmm. But even like a game, even like Microsoft Flight Simulator, which, mm-hmm. you know, uses a, a ton of realism in it, um, makes affordances so that it feels real rather than is real, Yeah. You know, right?
0: Yeah. Well, because they're ultimately trying to give you that experience in some form.
2: Like we don't all have planes, yeah. right? So we can't uh, fly <laughs> planes, right? And it goes back to like the the core thing about a video game that yeah. you ask yourself as a designer: how, how do I want the player to feel? Yes, mm-hmm. and you want them to feel it. Want it should feel authentic. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it doesn't have to be authentic,
1: mm-hmm. right? right. <laughs> high, yeah. If real if realism is the point for a high verisimilitude game, you want it to feel realistic for the player. Yeah, even if it isn't exactly realistic, right? So like you know we were talking about like a racing game. I think Need for Speed is that what you mentioned? Uh, I.
2: Or another one. Or another I'm one. I'm not very Yeah, versed. right.
1: Right, exactly. Like, I don't know. I've never really been in a really fast racing car. I've been in some fast cars, and they kind of all work the same. Like, <laughs> yeah. you go, you go, like, you press the thing down with your foot, and you make sure that your hands are doing the right stuff. And then you go fast. Um, That's driving. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a license. <laughs> I have never been in an accident okay. with a real car. <laughs> Put me in a driving game. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, so you know, like you you figure out a way to use your you know your hardware to capture that, and that's your verisimilitude. Yeah. yeah. But you like you're if you're going for high verisimilitude, you're probably going to have lots of beepity boops and. You know, bits.
0: That 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 makes me think of games like oh gosh, uh, Grand Turismo. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, we're specifically talking about racing games, but like a lot of times they call these like racing simulators. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of the drive for that is not just how the cars handle, because I don't know how realistic, how accurate the cars handle. Um, Because I don't know, I've never driven one of those fancy cars. But um, the cars themselves look very aesthetically pleasing and cool, even more so than they would in real life. And I think that's, you know, that's a lot of the draw for people is to like, um uh, imagine a world where cars always look perfect this must
2: time. be what it's like to drive a what yeah. whatever yeah yeah a ferrari right. or something yeah, insert yeah. interesting car here <laughs> yes um right right
0: yeah so like that, that i think that that is a good that that makes me think of a good example i guess is like that kind of idea that like people want to experience this High verisimilitude. I'm getting good at saying it. Yeah. Uh, thing, um, without you know, without having to spend the tons of money in order to you know have the car, right. and also that car immediately losing value.
1: Right. <laughs> like, like you, that. you might spend an obscene amount of money on your PC gaming rig, but it's not going to cost the same as a Lambo. Yeah. <laughs> I although if you did figure a way to do that, I want to know.
2: <laughs> well, my computer does cost more than I paid for my car.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Your car is not a Lambo.
2: No, it's a very cute little smart car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but still, sometimes I marvel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I'm proud of you for that, actually. <laughs> yeah, <it's> pretty
0: great.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, um, okay, so I think that raises some questions I want to get back to later. Maybe okay. the difference – I'm just going to say it out loud because I want to put a peg in it. Yep. Um, if I forget, then maybe you guys will remember. Okay. The difference between realism and verisimilitude. I want to come back to that yes, um, because I think it actually is a really important idea to explore around this topic. Mm -hmm. But right now, we're going to go down the ladder Mm -hmm. to the moderate verisimilitude category. Okay. um, The biggest category. And so (laughs) you could go on and on and on about examples. But a couple of the ones that I came up with, which I tried to just go as wide ranging as I could. Yeah. um, Slime Rancher.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Civilization.
0: Sure. Yep. I would agree with that. Metroid Dread. Yeah, okay. Okay,
1: we'll come back to that. <laughs> baba is you.
2: I don't agree with that.
0: All right, let's talk about
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that one. Yeah. As a yeah, because there's um it feels it it feels like what it must feel like mm. to move a bunch of pieces around a board. There's a physicality to Baba is you. <laughs> okay. And and whether that's, you know, you're imagining a, you know, baba moving in a in a, you know, a vast Charming, featureless world. Yeah. Or you're thinking about it like a like a, a puzzle, like a physical puzzle to solve on your desk. Mm-hmm. It has that kind of physicality hmm. that I think is interesting.
0: Sure. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Um I guess it's the 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 implementation of its its verisimilitude that makes it not feel like it's really going for mm-hmm. like I don't think you can hmm. I think a lot of you you under you pick up on the rules of Baba's You as you play. It's not you know I don't think you like take real life mm. and use that and uh use that to help you solve the puzzles in the
2: game. Right cuz it's not it's not realistic. Yeah, yeah. Right? But that's not what well, that's not the argument here. Right. Right? It's that it 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 de- it describes I mean because it's you're engaging so principally with the the rules of the space. Mm-hmm. That that it is expected uh, that it works the way it expects you to, or okay. it works in a surprising way that then feels correct. Yeah, that is important to that sense uh, of it feeling feeling like it is true, right? Which is what verisimilitude is. Uh, this is what makes it an interesting topic because it's yeah. not always about uh, properly rendering or properly yeah. experiencing.
0: I agree. Right? I agree. I I, I um. I guess, to me, it feels, I don't know, it feels different.
2: Well, I'm making my argument, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Ellen, you should make yours <laughs> while
1: you put it on the list. Yes. Well, I went back and forth between this, and so okay. I decided to, I mean, I was going to put it somewhere. I uh, was either going to put it in this middle one or in the low category, and okay. I didn't feel 100% about either one, right? Sure. Because mm-hmm. um, with Baba is You, I mean, for sure, it's not realistic. If you look at just the graphics, right? If we're just looking at the graf- graphics and what we call them, yeah. there's, a, there's a Baba. Mm. And then there are blocks, yeah, and other doodads. Right? It, like, well, I mean, picky? Yeah. Mm.
0: graphically, it's not really, right. exactly. realistic. I would, yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. So, like, no, no argument there. The graphics are very abstract. I guess you could say Baba is a sheep, but like, it's a really weird sheep. If you saw if you saw a three D version of that sheep out in the world, you would run the other way. <laughs> like, it would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so abstract graphics, right? But the thing is, is that that isn't what the game is about. It's not about sheep. It's not about blocks. It's about manipulating nouns Yes. <laughs> yeah. and words, right? And so it it very, to me, like it has a, me- a medium degree of verisimilitude because it's kind of like a compromise between those two things. Like you are literally, you are manipulating the nouns. You are manipulating the words, the verbs. Yeah, you are moving yeah. those things around. And so right. to me, that indicates like, well, that is the gameplay It has like a really high link between what you're doing and what it's supposed to, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a direct link between what you are doing and how it changes the game. Um, but then it also is like very abstract in the way like you didn't have to be it didn't have to be walls, I guess. Yeah. But it becomes useful to say that they are walls because our brain already knows that a wall is a noun. And how walls work. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I guess Like I could agree with that perspective um i i guess i uh thinking of the very abstract literal words that they have that you drag around and stuff in that case i'd be like i mean they're just words Um, but like i suppose if the word was wall then like you'd still understand what that is regardless of you know it being actually a brick wall or the word wall so yeah so i rescinded my disagreement.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting though. I like I want makes me want to go back and play it because hey yeah. it has- Wait,
2: real quick, we need to make sure that somebody updates the Nice Games Hub wiki that Steven has admitted that he lost an argument.
0: <laughs> no <laughs> Don't tell my brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um yeah, uh yeah, I think that makes sense. Was so,
1: it was it an argument?
0: This is as close as an argument as we get on nice games club. We're not okay. gonna fight about this. Right. It was a discussion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I think
2: civilization is a good one in this middle category yes. as well yeah, yeah. agree. because it's highly abstracted you know you see these you know uh, based on the scale of a map your units are like 80 feet tall right? yeah <laughs> and <laughs> uh-huh. but um, you know and there's lots of uh, uh, mechanical elements about how you move your units yeah that don't make any realistic sense right. like you know you have that are more board game like you have to move around uh, areas are blocked th- that sort of thing yeah like a mountain is impassable Although realistically, you could say it, it should actually just take me fifteen turns to tr- to go over it, right? But the game doesn't give you that option. Yeah, mm-hmm. stuff like that that is fully abstracted away. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it does a it, it makes a strong effort to make it feel like what it would really be like to to you know to uh, uh, be in charge of, of a civilization. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and it leverages all of that. Yeah, um, right. And me. when it fails in that, like the World Congress, if yes. people have played the expansion, that the it does a very bad job of feeling like any of it makes any sense. Yeah, and. Even though that is entirely done in menus, that part of the game you yeah. you you vote on on proposals and then the other characters vote and then then the, they pass a resolution it's sort of like the model u n basically mm-hmm. it built into the game, but it is so bad <laughs> and it really it really wrecks it because there are other parts that feel really strongly about like this must be what it's like to to make a city larger as it goes through the ages and uh it's like oh this the amount of farmland over here makes. It all feels real, yeah. even though none of it really is. Yeah, right, right. Um, in fact, so much of it, it it would break apart as soon as you started trying to apply it to the real world. Right, but it feels very real in a lot of ways. So that when it fails on that score in some of its mechanics, um, it's really noticeable.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with that.
2: Whereas other games that don't rely on that sense of verisimilitude to to that feeling, it doesn't like the mechanics of the World Congress in Civilization are actually not that frustrating yeah frankly. Mm-hmm. it's it's relatively simple you can figure out how it works mm-hmm. it's I mean it's fine yeah but because of what it it tells the player it is it's such a letdown yeah in that on that sense because other elements of it are so good yeah yep right yeah
0: I agree with that all of that yeah civilization isn't well I, I think a lot of times people will come to civilization wanting it to be more high verisimilitude um content just due to the I mean because it is supposed to represent a civilization mm-hmm. um but i think you quickly find out as you play the game that none of it makes sense and i think people yeah. like um were kind of turned off uh people who had played previous civilization games were kind of turned off to the cartoony ass um aesthetic of civilization six because mm-hmm. i think civilization five was more um i don't know i guess more realistic in their draw- in their caricatures
2: there's just more character and in, 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 there's yeah, it's less just about, this is what Cleopatra looked like, yes. and more like, let's make a character of Cleopatra. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and some people didn't like that. Yes. <laughs>
0: uh, so those are good examples. What is an example of low verisimilitude?
1: Yeah, I would say a hyper dot.
0: Oh. You, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll call my brother up and see what he thinks. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're a dot. Yeah, you're a dot. <laughs>
1: Are, yeah. you, are you a dot in real life?
0: No. Right, exactly. Well, we're, I'm not a Baba in real life either.
1: No. But, <laughs> but like where Baba is you kind of does leverage some of your internal the player's internal schema about like what is a wall and yeah. the fact that a wall is a noun and you can right. move nouns around.
2: And here I, I've now set up the rule that says wall is uh, imp- or, or invisible. Mm-hmm. I can now walk through a wall. That is real, right? Yeah. Whereas in HyperDot, you touch an enemy and you die. Yes. That doesn't, that's just a, that's a rule. Yes. Right. It doesn't, right. it doesn't really feel there's no, uh, Tetris is similar. Right. Yeah. Where it's like four lines is a Tetris and then it clears away. There's no, there's no attempt to ground that in any context. Uh-huh. Because it doesn't need it. Right. I, right. I agree. Right. I was just, I was just goading.
1: No, <laughs> no, uh, what's the, you were?
2: Devil's advocate perhaps?
1: Yeah. Maybe some it, but, it, but it was I'm a good sure.
2: question because yeah. Hyperdot is yeah. a game that takes place in an arena. Yes, you are you embody a character. Right, you move around physically. It has a lot of the ingredients that that other types of games would have mm-hmm. that that have higher levels of verisimilitude yeah. or expect that. But I think I think it's in the you put it in the right category yeah. because so much of it is about uh, is the abstract strategy.
0: Yes. Well. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, ultimately, the, the way I think of these is like how much they're leveraging realism. Like, um, you know, if it's high, then it's uh, the realism is the point. If it's moderate, then you leverage realism, but you don't. Ne- you're not necessarily realistic. Mm-hmm. And then in low, you don't really use realism at all. Um, you don't leverage it or anything. It's yeah. just it exists outside of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you're,
1: that's yeah exactly. Yeah.
2: I think a, a good way to illustrate this is like is chess. Oh, sure. Because chess is a war game. Yes. But it doesn't. It, at no point do you feel like a general. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. You, you, you could characterize, the, the rules are so, the rules are way more important than yes. the theming, I guess yeah. if you can use board game terminology. So that a game that is present, it's, it's purely abstract. Mm-hmm. Like this is a king, this is a queen, this is a knight, but there isn't any kind of sense of, they could be called anything else. And in fact, over in, in history, they have been called other things mm-hmm. because they have very little relation to really how the game actually works, yeah. right. even though it is essentially the original war game.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. I I like that. That's a good
2: example.
1: Wasn't Go the original war game? Hmm. Separate episode. <laughs> Separate episode. War okay. game. History of war game. I, I English don't know about
2: not. war, but it is older. It is yeah.
1: a strategy. Yeah, you're right. It's just. I'm just thinking about capturing territory. Anyway, go <laughs> go go would be in category
3: three. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. Oh, you know what? Mm.
2: I, I almost would argue with you a little bit. do because oh, because Go has a sense of uh, the 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 sense of like space and territory, and move and counter move feels a lot more like uh, you know you're actually like competing over territory, mm. and, and and there are there are um, there are borders, and like in chess, chess can change so quickly. Yeah, like the 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 line protecting a king can break. The you you yourself can move from a defensive to an offensive move that leverages them. You can make a tons of sacrifices, and none of those have any kind of relation to prop to war strategy in any real way. Mm-hmm. But Go feels a lot more like there, there's a the 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 um yeah it just feels a little more like there's a sense of realism to it hmm. in a sense. I don't know. I don't have I don't have a it's just a feeling. It's sure, yeah. I don't. Have, I'm, I'm not making a strong argument. I, I realize.
1: Well, let's let's maybe come up with another example that we can. That doesn't ha- that's not that's fresher and doesn't have like all the history behind it. Uh-huh. Um, I was playing uh, Thrive with my sister mm-hmm. over the weekend, um, and Thrive is by Martin Greider, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So local developer. Yep, and it's, it's really good. It's a really good game. Yeah, it's a really good game. I have tried and tried to get into chess myself, and I just kind of like don't care probably because I'm just so bad at it (laughs) Um, and I've tried to get other people in to go no one wants to play with me (laughs) so it was fun to be able to just pick up thrive and just sit down with my sister another one of us had really ever played it before because I hadn't just had hadn't found the opportunity to grab somebody to play with it um, play it with and that one the theming is you're like a lotus flower Mm -hmm. and you're expanding across the pond in you know direct Um, competition with this other lotus flower and you're kind of building your pieces and you're moving across a board just like you would with chess but you're building each individual piece's capabilities as you go so it's not like you have this one piece and it can always move diagonal it can move diagonally if you if you add that ability yeah you know it can move like a like a knight in chess up two and over up three and over one yeah up three and over one if you add that ability
2: yeah it's Um. like it's it's chess if chess were like an rpg (laughs)
1: yeah
2: that's a good it's it's still a very simple game Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah, your pieces start out with essentially no capabilities yeah and then you 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 put pegs on them to indicate where they can move on the board and um yeah, it is. It plays a lot like chess,
1: mm-hmm. but it has a
2: different kind of strategy because there's so many more. You have so many more options for strategy. It seems. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. And now I think I'm coming around to your to your categorization of chess mark because I would put Thrive in category three. Yeah. Even though it's got this, I mean, it's a beautiful game.
2: Like it. Oh, the art is fantastic. Th- but I think my and I've said this to Martin. I think that game needed to have no theme because it feels so much like chess. Hmm. Um, because it's it's a it's. Uh, Martin makes a lot of these abstract strategy games. He's mm-hmm. really quite brilliant, mm-hmm. and this, I think, is w- is one of the best he's ever done. And I r- I was so disappointed when it because the theme is it's gorgeous. It's really the art is incredible. Yeah, but I'm like it would be so much stronger if it was more abstract. Yeah,
1: I don't know. That's I mean, my it's opinion, a, though. You y- know, maybe or now you can like spawn like a bazillion different themes. I mean, I I love <laughs> yeah. a board game that has like luxury pieces, and that does. And so I was like, ooh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's what I liked about. That's what that was my argument to him. It's like, then you can make the you could make the Star Wars version and you can make the Simpsons version. Still you can, can make a solid gold <laughs> version, just like chess sets of all different types. Yeah. Because you know? there's nothing there's no wrong theme for a chess set.
1: right? He, he still can. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. But sure. but <laughs> the point being is that the theme doesn't have any real bearing. Right. Exactly. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's one line in the rules. And then it's the, it's the, you know, theme behind all the artwork and, like, the, the engraving on the pieces and things like yeah. that. Yeah. To be fair
2: to it, the idea that the, the sort of blossoming ability of, of each piece, there's, there's a – it's very thin, but that's – the and that's the best argument I can make for it. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you could make the white and black pieces of goat be ants or something.
2: I, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm yeah, with okay,
1: <laughs> okay. Well, then stop arguing. <laughs> I'm just trying to give it
2: its, its due. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I kind of do want to play like an ant version of Go now. Yeah. I just have like little ants. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm with you now that chess is not a level two on verisimilitude. It's a level three. Low, low verisimilitude. Yeah. Okay. Um. So to bring this, to kind of bring this to our last question for the group, um, I wanted to ask you guys, when does it help your game design, when does it hurt? Like when? How do you decide which category your game should be in? And it, to just kind of kick us off, I wanted to share this really awesome um, comment that I saw on Reddit. Lots of comments on Reddit are not awesome. This one was. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and we'll link to the comment. It's Unfortunately, the user deleted um, their account, I think, so we don't have a username for them. But they said basically um, the point about making things simple is extremely important. Lots of things in real life are simple, and it's the combination of items interacting that, that makes it complicated when a dungeon master for example makes the simple complicated there's a danger of the world becoming too complex and breaking verisimilitude from the other side yeah Mm -hmm. i thought that was really interesting that like verisimilitude doesn't have to come with complexity it can come with it comes yeah it doesn't come from complication per se it comes from complexity of interactions between simple things
2: yeah yeah, and there's like there's a sort of a level of faith involved in it. Hmm. Like the, you need to believe that it's real, and it needs to give you enough information. It needs to give you enough reason to believe in it. Hmm. Any more than that is not is not useful and can be harmful.
0: Yes. Yeah. Agreed. That's right. a good way of describing. It. I think of a lot of AAA games where you know they they try to make their worlds as real as possible so people can get immersed in it more. Mm-hmm. But I think because they're reaching for that. The things that are not realistic are oh, feel yeah. more apparent. Just like mm-hmm. you are talking about with civilization, really, mm-hmm. um, they feel more apparent, and so you it's more easily you're e- more easily lost, or I guess you, that that real that immersion is lost more quickly yeah. as a result of that. Um, because like I think you can you can get away with a lot of things. You can get away with a lot of stuff without having the the game look realistic. A lot of, like cartoons. A lot of cartoons. Um, you know they don't real look realistic. But the emotions that the characters go through, the, the plots that they go through, the struggles, the the successes they go through are real or they feel real yeah. to the viewer. Um, I guess in respect to gameplay, the player too. Um, so uh it's not necessary for realism to be a part of that kind of mm-hmm. that story. Yeah,
2: I have the I have the best example of this. Yes, Th- Thomas was alone.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah, Did you yeah
2: Play yeah. that game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you haven't. It's a platformer where you play as a little red square. I believe the first character is a little red square, and then throughout the the levels you meet other shapes. Yep. Uh, some are wide and and short. Some are tall and thin. There's one that's just a giant square, and then there's a narrator who describes who narrates the game. Yes and describes these as as characters that have personalities and the personalities they describe relate in a way to their abilities so uh, the character who's you know short and wide can fit through small areas but also you can jump on that character and bounce off of them like a trampoline mm-hmm. and so and then the characters described in, in ways that make sense for the mechanics it uses and the the graphics are the dirt simplest graphics yeah. any game has ever had. yeah <laughs> there's there's no shading or I mean it's it's you know or very little. it's just really really simple yep. but it, it, I mean people reach the end of that game and they cry mm-hmm. like it's an emotional tale yeah and and, it, and you feel that these people are really doing something. Even though it's just, like, abstract platforming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, with no, almost no art involved. Yep. And it, it's about the, ing- you know, the ingredients are different, right? But it gets you to a place like that. Right. When uh I've talked, probably on the show, probably been a while, but we've been thinking about that the Star Trek board game, Star Trek Ascendancy. Yes. It's very, I wouldn't, it's not the most complicated Forex board game. Yeah. But it's a little chunky. Yes. A, a little crunchy. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but if you know anything about Star Trek, it feels like you're in Star Trek. Like the, 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 the mechanics that each of the, the species have feel a lot like the storylines from Star Trek that they're part of. Yeah. And the way you play motivates you in a lot of ways, even though the game has no story, has no structure in any narrative sense. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of games that, that, that have a, that realistic feeling. And there's just so many ways to get there. Yeah right? Yeah. And then meanwhile you have a game and I've, maybe I've complained about this before but like <laughs> Uncharted yeah. or uh, Last of Us the, yeah. the, the Naughty Dog games that are so they put so much into the, the realism and they, I think they've even used those words of, of verisimilitude to describe yeah. all, all these different systems there's like one video showing like how amazing the rope physics are in this game and you're like wow that's so incredible and then you realize that the characters just standing there as this rope is slapping them in the face as it moves around realistically and you're like yeah but that's not realistic then yeah. <laughs> right? Or you know the door problem, you know, that that, that that's famous in video games. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great, except when you actually watch watch a uh, character go through that door, then you know they the door is uh, you know nine feet tall to accommodate the camera. Yeah, (laughs) like. Okay, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. sometimes it breaks it, and you don't notice it unless you notice it. Yes, right. Like you're playing Bioshock, and you find a hot dog in the trash, and that that, inc- that increases your health. Mm. That is so stupid. Yes. <laughs> but don't mecha- eat, don't eat a trash it hot dogs. Makes sense, right? <laughs> right. Or you know you have an inventory of seven guns, and they all fit in your pocket. Yes. Um, so, in a realistic third-person action game. Yeah. Stuff like that.
0: So I'm gonna this is I'm gonna regret saying this, but I yeah. do want to push back against. Um, the Uncharted example specifically. Yeah. Not 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 The Last of Us, I agree with that. I think there's a difference between The Last of Us's ver- verisimilitude and um, Uncharted's, because I think Uncharted is looking for a movie aesthetic, and everybody knows movies aren't real, specifically like Indiana yeah. Jones sort of stuff, so like they can kind of get away with some of the things that they do.
2: And actually, that's, uh, I'll agree with you, because yeah. there are the set pieces in Uncharted yeah. that are... Preposterous, yes, but they feel like a real action movie.
0: Yeah, exactly,
2: and th- and so th- that they do a really good job there. Yeah, um, so yeah, so I guess I'm with you, yeah. on that part. I just don't like yeah, defending like, Uncharted because yeah. <laughs> I don't like those games, but but it, it is interesting what people put their development effort into. Yeah, yeah. you know,
3: uh, well,
1: it's interesting because what I'm hearing, like the takeaway that I got from what you just said, Mark, and kind of the conversation that we all three of us have had up to this point is that like verisimilitude is kind of about the whole yeah mm-hmm. whereas when you talk about realism, I think sometimes in you know games criticism, we talk about realism in as if it were verisimilitude, yeah, but I think maybe a more useful way to think about it, maybe from a design perspective, but maybe also as a critic is like verisimilitude is about the whole, whereas realism is about an element, and you can have a realistic rope, but actually have it be detrimental to verisimilitude overall
2: yeah mm. mm-hmm. yeah, poignant. Yeah, I think indie games should not be afraid of abstraction. Yes. they don't if they're trying to make something that feels like a real experience or is a, a third person action game that is meant to feel like it's a realistic art style, mm-hmm. for example. Uh-huh. They shouldn't be afraid of of not devoting six extra months to all these different animations for picking up items. Yeah, go ahead and abstract a lot of that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. just you know, there are things you can focus on, and then it's up to it's the communication with the player, right? It's mm-hmm. the expectations that they bring to it, and then the. The stage you set for them, yeah, right. It's not an easy challenge because there's no there's no manual to to what elements you do. It's really up to you to decide what you want to focus on to provide that feeling of realism, yeah, yeah. But of, of of you know a veracity that's not quite there, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thinking about verisimilitude as something that's like the whole something that refers to the holistic experience of a game, and then you can have individual elements dialed up and down on realism. In service of the level of verisimilitude that you want. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's our takeaway. Sweet. <laughs> I didn't know if we would get into anything that, like, concise. <laughs> Especially since the word is, like, verisimilitude. It's really long. Yeah.
0: Oh, hey. Yeah, I, we're I, more concise. <laughs> we're more concise than the
2: word. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, you mentioned 80-foot-tall people earlier. Uh, Yes. Brob Dignagian. There's your other big word for the day.
0: Okay, okay. We'll That one up. You made that up.
1: I did not. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, so we're here sitting at the Noble Robot office. This is where we record our podcast. Um, and Mark has Who me? Yes, you. <laughs> Have Couldn't just, be. You've just updated the website and uh of uh, the Noble Robot website and detailed all of the cool things about the Noble Robot.
2: Now, why might anyone listening be interested in that? I mean, we're here right now, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Come say hi. Come say
0: hi. Yeah, well, I mean, that'd be interesting if we had, like, an audience. They have little signs of recording.
2: Like, Total requests Live? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, maybe not. Wow, that went off the rails earlier. The <laughs> <night>. <laughs> there's also
0: real. There's a ton of food options around. There's so many food places yes. here, y'all. There's so many restaurants.
2: Well, you missed the. You missed this. The the part of the pitch, which is why are we telling people about this?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yes. It's it's available now. There are there are desks
2: available. Right. It's co-working space. It's a co-working space. So you can come if you live in the Twin Cities area. Uh, you can come and rent a desk. Yes. And hang out with us. Yes. Do your work from here. Yeah. It's great if you are working on a remote team. Um, if you have, um, you know, if you work from home uh, some days of the week, and you just, you know, you can't stand it anymore, <laughs> you don't want to be a
0: little social, <laughs> but you
2: office? don't want to tell your boss that you want to come into the office again because <laughs> yeah. that also sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. You can spend some time with us. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's been really cool yes. to have this this resource here, mm-hmm. um, uh, and we've been here for a little while, but now that um, I, uh, you know, I'm doing a little more of a push to 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 fill these desks. Yeah. Um, because we're starting to s- sort of stabilize the COVID situation, right? Yeah. Whereas last year, when I was hoping to do that, things were not stable. Right. So it's a it's a it's something, and so that's something you should think about if you're a person who, like me, is very cautious about COVID. Still, um, know that that's a big part of how I'm running this place that's is with that in mind. A good part of the pitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you should also talk about the cheap options, both of
0: which are cheap.
2: Yes. There's two options. So you can get a key to the place, yeah. and that's $100 a month. Mm-hmm. Very cheap. And basically it's 24/7 access and you can use any of the common space in the office. We have a hot desk specifically for this purpose. We also have the clubhouse here, which you can set up in. Uh, It's a conference room as well as our podcast studio. And uh, we have some other spaces in in that there's always gonna be available for you. But if you want to dedicate a desk where you can leave your stuff and store some things and plug into a dock and bring your monitors, uh, that's $200 a month. So those are the two options, both fairly cheap. Uh, for this market, but basically, I decided when I started this place that I would not make any money on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an important part of the premise, uh, and because a, a big part of why I want to have this space here is to be a place for the development
0: community. Yeah, so benefit from that charity. Yeah. Go to where, where's the website?
2: NobleRobot.com/office.
0: All right, Um, our second topic, Mark.
2: Yes, Uh, so I wanted to talk about video game credits. Okay. And this is something that I think we've probably talked a little bit about on the show before as it happens. Yeah. Because occasionally there'll be a lot of uh, news about this sort of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. A developer didn't get credited, a whole QA team was removed from a, 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 a list of credits. Yeah. Somebody who worked on the game for three, four years quit a month before launch and is not in the credits yeah you know stuff like that yep and i i want to take a slightly different approach and and think more about is you as the game developer especially in the indie space mm-hmm. how do you approach what your credits are going to look like yeah i think we as, in, as indies our our initial reaction to this as a topic is well aaa does it terribly so we're gonna do it right yeah and well that's great but what does do it, right it, it exactly yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah. so let's talk about what we mean by credits because mm-hmm. i think we we're sort of inspired by film and television and it's still where that's still we're anchored to that concept. Yeah. Um, but basically there's the, the purposes of credits would be, uh, basically, a, a, an official record, mm-hmm. right. Of who did what? I mean, it's not that much more complicated than that, but especially on indie teams where people wear multiple hats, yeah. where you don't know what to call somebody and where yeah. we don't have standardized roles um so much uh, especially in indie as say film and television does or even in triple a is a little more standardized mm-hmm. um it is a little bit like what how, what is the official record exactly yeah um i would make the point or make an argument that you, the credits are not the official record in the same way that you might think they are in film and television okay um it is it's a little bit it's i don't, it's, I don't know it's just i think we're so anchored to that yeah that we we tend to think about like making sure that it all gets notated perfectly. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the problem with that is that because there's not a standardization between different studios, between different titles, yeah. um, and different genres and all those sort of things, there isn't a great way to say, like if you're a film editor, you can say I worked on this indie film and I edited it. Yes, I worked on this big Hollywood film and I edited it. Well, you're gonna be using different equipment, you're gonna have different environments, you'll probably have a, assistant editors if you're on, on a big film, whatever. But people understand broadly what an editor. What an editor is. Yeah, yeah. And I think people don't necessarily understand that with games. Sure. And a big part of what credits are for, it's public facing. Yes. Mm. Right? So you have IMDB, which is the database of movie credits. And even that is essentially like 85% accurate, like mm. in terms of, which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. For, for something that is not, you know, it's not. Uh, yeah. They'll
0: uh-huh. oftentimes like have little sections that says uncredited this person or
2: whatever. Yeah, like, and, they, and yeah. that's weird too, right? Yeah. But like, because what is IMDb for? Is it, I want to see what the official lists are or I want to see what the truth is. Yeah. Right, those are different questions. Yes. Right, because sometimes what you want to see when you go on IMDb is like, what were they, what did they cre- credit it for? Mm. And sometimes you want to say, what did they do? Right. <laughs> and yeah. Those are actually different different uh, yeah. questions. Yeah. And we have those same things in games, but the answer's a little bit more complicated. And I think our, our there are websites that, I have attempted to do something similar with games, mm-hmm. multiple efforts. I think Moby Games might be the one that people are most familiar with. Sure, That's yeah. oldest, but uh, that's terrible. Like it, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not great, yes. It's really, really, it does not have a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in, with indie titles, uh, it, you know, there's just so little record of that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think the, the I just want to sort of start out by saying, like, I think kind of like clear your mind of of thinking about it in a way that of some sort of officialness. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I think that that kind of ma- leads you to make weird decisions like putting your name, because you're the one who worked on this game, like 30 times in the credits on all the different things you did. Yeah. Like one that's a little bit silly. Yes. <laughs> but also it doesn't really help anything. Right. Hmm. Right? Um, this is the thing that is, uh does come into play with independent films sometimes as well when there is a very small crew is you will have someone who did a lot of things mm-hmm. Particularly like the director who also did a bunch of other things like they, you know, they brought in sandwiches and they helped catering or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They will put them, they'll credit themselves for catering. It's like, is that necessary? Yeah. (laughs) Right? It's a lot. (laughs) So I think that's one thing that I think for games, I don't, I was, for games and for films, I don't like seeing credits where it's like a big long list because a hundred things got done. doesn't matter that four people did them. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, it would be, yeah, it would start becoming silly if I start crediting myself on every bit of line of code that I put into the game, right? right? Like, that'd be ridiculous.
2: Yeah. I mean, certainly in a AAA game, you have like gameplay engineer, environment engineer, yep. tools developer. You have all them. are all programmers on this mm. game, right? But they all, they are all different because that's useful to, in a public facing way. Yes. It's also useful for that person's uh, uh, CV. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Because that's the other thing that I think as indies, I think we need to, it's not really, we don't really have the same problem. Yeah. Right. It's if you you know if you worked on Halo and you're not in the credits, Mm. like that is a terrible thing, and I and that is outside the scope of this topic, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because we're not AAA developers.
2: Right. It's it's not the kind of thing we don't really have to worry about that as much. I mean, okay, maybe a little bit, but
0: we we would potentially have to worry about that if we're
2: an indie developer aspiring to be a AAA developer, right? I see. I don't necessarily think so. Okay. I think. Okay, we'll get into AAA credits. Yes, a yes, yes. Sorry. Which is <laughs> the problem is is that when you're not in the credits, mm-hmm. you essentially have you don't have an official record that you did it. Yes. Right. The but I think and this is something that hiring managers uh, should be on the hook for mm-hmm. is if I tell you I worked on Halo, yeah, and I wasn't in the credits, yeah, then the hiring manager they may or may not believe me. Yeah. But it's kind of up to them to like. Well, you you did you did work at Bungie for four years,
0: like, right? Yeah, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're going to be able to look at that. Yeah. yeah,
2: and so I think there's a level of, tr- uh, th- but there's a is a because we treat these things as the official record mm-hmm. uh, culturally. Mm. Yes, okay. we get very scared about about whether it reflects the truth or not. Sure, it just generally doesn't. Yeah, okay. and, and I think in in AAA, I think that it's a problem because hiring managers necessarily might. They might unfairly not think that you are as qualified if, if for some crazy reason you weren't in the credits. Yes, but in indie, um, th- I think it's a little bit easier to say I worked on this indie game. Like, yeah, who okay. would lie about that? Yeah, 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 right. Um, and so I think we, as indies, I think we are too bogged down with that kind of thinking when we think about credits. Okay, um, and. That doesn't mean we should be less we should be less worried about crediting things properly yeah. i think I think the attitude is correct we should be making sure we do it correctly but what we have to think about what it's for right right okay if you if you make a, a game all by yourself yeah it's a jam game or you or, or really you did literally everything on it mm-hmm. a game by your name is a fine credit yeah it could be the whole credits yeah people will understand mm-hmm. what it means right um and I think um if you worked on a team and uh, someone provided music, someone helped with some programming, and someone made a couple pieces of art, you can credit them for those things and you can still say a game by you. Yeah. And it's implied everything else you did. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um because you have to think about well, again, what's the purpose of these things are, mm-hmm. right? And you have to think, well, if someone uh did some programming and I uh, credit them as programmer, then I'm not credited as programmer anymore. Right. Right. And so I have to make you know, so they're all it's all so contextual yeah right and yeah. then and then your 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 list of credits is not your c v mm. right you could work at a studio or you could work on an indie game for x amount of time uh-huh. that goes in your resume yeah your credit is different from that sure right or or rather it can be different from that and yeah. it's fine if it's different from that yeah right I think this is where people like uh producers managers um um like office managers um uh QA in a way, but it's a little bit more official, But like social media types, people who do publisher backends, the sort of like the infrastructure, for in, even in indie games, yeah. that don't have as easily credited positions. Mm-hmm. And, and where there's some, in some corners of even indie, the, the question is, are they even working on the game? Uh, yeah. Or are they just support staff, whatever? Yeah. I think those people suffer most probably from that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, because there isn't standardization around that. Right. Um, but I think it's, I just think it's a little tricky to to try to like come up with the answer like how should all credits be standardized
0: so well i mean we don't have a standardization for video games right i think uh, movies are different i think yeah movies have standardization for uh for credits right um uh but video games do not um and so i think that like we have the ability really to like be more contextual with respect to our credits right um so like, I guess in that instance where, you know, you program, you know, you worked on the game, you did all this stuff, but somebody else helped you do program some aspects of the game or whatever. Um, you can give them special thanks. You could say additional programming by blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of, you know, a bunch of different ways you can approach it instead of just saying, you know, instead of giving yourself design credit and programmer credit, you can right. instead just say you did the game, but somebody did additional stuff.
2: And hey, if you want. Instead of a credits page, you could have a bio page. Yeah. That just describes if you, if you feel it needs that ex- extra uh, description, right? Yeah. C- credits are meant to give you a lot of information in an efficient form. Yes. And the reason credits in film are so standardized is because they're the result of contract negotiations and, say, and, yeah. and unions. Mm-hmm. Yep. And th- these things have to be a certain way. They're, they're, they're standardized because they are a result of many special interests yeah. um, that, that have made agreements on how these things should work. And I think we don't have that in, in, the, in the indie space. And the more we treat it as if we should, the less we'll, we're we're going to find the right solution. We have, I think, AAA requires some of this. Yeah. Um. And there's, there's a there's so many people working on this. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and uh and there are many more uh, uh, interests in competition. Right. In I mean, you will see like uh, publishing credits. Um, that are a mile long in a lot of AAA games. Yeah. Meanwhile, some of the people who worked on the game most closely will get really like uh, inaccurate. They'll be just be relegated to special thanks or something. Yeah. And all, a lot of that is because the there's not a lot of there not a lot of represent, uh, representation for those people's interests.
0: Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And
2: so AAA could use a lot of this, mm-hmm. but I think as indies we have to we yeah we can't think that we have the same problems.
0: When, mm-hmm. when you brought up. um I can't remember exactly what it is that you brought up, but it made me think of this. Um, mm-hmm. I was reminded of books. Because um, books, you know, you don't really get the full picture. You don't generally get the full picture on who worked on the book. You just get the author. And at the end, is just the author's biography. That's what it was. You said biography. And that's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, Um And so, uh, it, you know, at the um, the front, the back cover page or whatever, it'll say um, the author's name and give you detail on who the author is. And then after that, it'll um, – or in the book itself, they'll have like a special things. They can be like an acknowledgement or some forward or something by some other person. But those are labeled by you know they said by some other person. Right. Yeah. Sometimes
2: you'll get editors or yes. or uh, publishers in that that. that uh... Uh, that first, that early page, whatever, buried somewhere like in there. author's
1: note or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, no, I mean like
2: the the place where it says like third edition or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. the library information. Yeah. Of, uh, um, ISBN.
1: I- or ISBN. Whatever,
2: <laughs> some, whatever if that's the right acronym. <laughs> mm. um, you'll sometimes see editor information or or, or publisher mm-hmm. information has people credited. Not always, I think. I'm not certain on that. I, I
1: think to some, I think, I feel like that's pretty standard. But what I'm thinking more, I mean, this might be what you're describing, Stephen, is like that, you know, author's acknowledgements page, which can be like, multiple pages long you yeah. know it's just kind of like the forward where they're saying here's this book that i worked on it's right. 800 pages oh my gosh i nearly died <laughs> but i didn't die thanks to my family and my kids and all these other people who yeah, like right. beta read my
2: and this person yeah. who i did some research help with whatever and it's all yeah, very yeah. contextual to the project yeah. right
1: right i, li- I kind of like that better i always read those whenever they're up there i yeah. I actually there's I lots like of... reading those too yeah yeah yeah, Yeah, it's
2: interesting. It's it has almost a behind the scenes quality to it, right? Yeah. It, it does. Makes, which makes it interesting as information. Yeah. One of the things that I always feel sort of silly about is when people say like, oh, I sit through the credits of movies to, just to thank all the people who worked on it. Like, you're not going to remember those people's names. Yeah. Like, it's actually, you're not actually doing them a service. There's a kind of like, it is, I think the way we think about these things is just, it's backwards in so many ways. Sure. Mm. Like, the, the credits are there so that there's a record. <laughs> Yeah. Not necessarily like the viewer at home isn't necessarily, you know, like obligated to know these people's. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that when when people say like, oh, I always sit through credits, I'm like, that is a weird thing to to be proud of.
1: If the music is good, I'll sit through Yeah, see so yeah, <laughs> yeah, when I
0: I mean this isn't aside, I guess this is kinda of outside of the scope of the topic, but when I sit at the end of credits, it's because I'm like I either really like the music and want to hear more music yeah. or um I am I'm am like a bit emotionally drained and I want
2: to recover mm-hmm. and the uh the the credits allow me that opportunity before. But you're not you're not a captive audience for the for the credits. Yeah,
1: I mean
0: it's you're
2: kind not of, saying like, yeah. "Oh, okay, sure, you know, uh, um assistant a super, uh, sound editor." Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I will be like, at this point, I think at every single movie I see in the theater, I will if, if I do sit through the credits because of any of the reasons that we just mentioned or because there's a post-credit scene. Oh, yeah, I will that's watch, true. I will watch <laughs> yeah, the credits yeah. and look for some specific things like Best Boy. Yeah. and <laughs> that's I <a> fun one. <laughs> exactly. I still don't know what they do. I never take the opportunity to look up what this person does, but yeah. I just love their job title. And yeah. it's kind of fun to see all the different job yeah. titles people have. That is true. But yeah. I don't remember those people. I don't remember their names. <laughs> right, and you're
2: you're doing it for your own interest, which yeah. is like you want to learn more about how the movie was made.
1: I think I just want to giggle at best boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're you're not actually you're not actually there to honor the people on that list. Yeah. Right.
1: Sorry, no. <laughs> yeah,
2: and that's fine. And I, we shouldn't feel guilty about that. That's <laughs> not credits are fun. long, yeah. Right, right. And I mean, if you want to know who did this on, on, the mo- on this movie or this game, you can look it up. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. the kind of thing. If you, this is what I'm getting into the, the final section of this topic, yeah. which is, what do you do as a game developer, as someone who is maybe in charge of putting together the credits? And what do you do as someone who is making, you want to make sure that you are credited in any title? Yeah. If you're in that first category... I think what you want to do is when you do sign contracts with your contributors, if you do, and I hope you do, um, to outline the the scope of work, um, up front, make clear how uh, things will be credited Um, in so far that you can. Contracts are a matter of trust between parties. So you can say it will be credited in a standard way, depending on the work they do. And that is very Mm open-ended. But as long as there is an agreement uh, that satisfies both people, that's fine. Make sure you're thinking about that. One, because you don't want to worry the people that you're working with. You don't want them to worry like, oh, you know what? I gave them a bunch of music. They only used a little bit of it. And I still wish I could get credited. And that's going to be an awkward conversation later. Yeah. But if it's part of the agreement that they will be, for any work they do, will be credited, Mm -hmm. then that makes the conversation a little bit easier. I think if you're putting together credits, you want to make them digestible for the audience for credit, which is someone who clicks the credit button on the main title. Yeah. Which is not going to be a lot of people. Yeah. But you want to make sure that. The person who does click that is going to have something that's digestible, that, is un- that they understand what happened mm-hmm. and how a game was made. Mm-hmm. Because when you describe like, lo- looking for you know, how, many, how many visual effects artists worked on this movie and yeah. you just count up, yeah. that is inf- that's useful information, even though you don't care who it was. Like, you do look at credits to learn more about a, a project. Yeah. And so when you're creating credits, it's useful to provide that information. Imagine that yourself mm-hmm. the person who's reading those credits. And you want to, there's two purposes. One is to find, an, find out who that person was so you can contact them for some other reason or to hire them or, you know, that, that part is important. Yeah. But a lot of times what it is just is about to describe how this game got made. Huh. So if you're a person who's, you're kind of like, oh, I made this game all by myself except these four people who helped me, um, you know, you want to make sure that, to, you want to present that in an accurate way. Yeah. Right? You want to, if, if it is really a game that you spent years on and you hired a couple of people to put in 10 hours each, you want those people credited, but you do actually want to make sure that people understand that they were contributors. They weren't they, – they, they weren't co-authors in a sense. Yeah, right? yeah. And so that, that's – it's hard to, to – because it's different each time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. If, um, if two people designed a game together, one worked a little bit more than the other one, maybe it's not important – that you make that information clear. All right. Maybe it's fine that these are the two designers on the game. Yeah. Maybe you order them in a certain way if you want to. I mean, there. but again, all these things are up to you and based on the context, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't have this infrastructure of interest groups determining a standardization for this sort of thing. Right. Um, I think the important thing is you do kind of want to put your ego in check a little bit. Like if you are that person who worked on a game for four years and hired a couple of people for a couple of hours, mm-hmm. you you should be Concerned a little bit about making sure that it's clear what their contributions were, but not so clear as to be boring to read. (laughs) (laughs) Or so specific, you know, uh, like uh, to be, um, um, because you don't want there to be any, you know what I mean? You kind of do need to have your ego in check a little bit and make sure that it is an an accurate, but not necessarily uh, legalistic (laughs) uh, depiction of what happened. Because if someone needs to know exactly, those things, there are avenues for that. Mm-hmm. There's you could you know you can talk to people who's uh, on the next job you're going to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you hire some other people to help work on your next project, you can describe this is you know um you know this is what the last person worked with me did. And,
0: yeah. Uh, you know that I mean, it's fast you bring that up, because I uh, I was gonna request that we talk about like the games that we've made and how we've credited people. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about like how uh you know I you know I when I applied to Future Club, I told them and described them and put on my resume the things i did uh for Pixelix, but really the games that i worked on i don't have we don't they don't have credits yeah um so like they just had to take my word as law in that respect yeah. or i mean maybe they called Pixelix. and i don't know if they did um and they were like you know
2: they asked questions and you might have worried that maybe they what do they have other than your word yeah but i'm fully suspect that they had no reason to distrust you. Exactly. Right?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I I wasn't actually I wasn't really concerned about that cuz I I mean, I knew I was telling the truth. And I, they could call they could call up Pixellex and say and ask the questions right. themselves.
2: And they didn't discover any of the other things you lied about, so <laughs> you were going to you home free. Strike that from the record. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so like I, I think that like I don't know. Uh it is kind of interesting to just think about it in that respect. I don't think that like especially in the indie space um, I mean, I guess I can only speak from the indie space perspective. Um, the the credits aren't necessary; they're not end all be all with respect to that. And even, yes, you know, hammering that. The- there are
2: yeah, there are other opportunities for that. Your listed credits aren't the only record, right? Right. You can put you can put further details on your website. Yeah. Clarifying details. Yes. Right. Um, and certainly, again, you have to think of what the purpose is. It's mm-hmm. it's not it. You know, it isn't going to be the final record. Yeah. It's uh, the function is to is public facing. Right. Um, if, you know, it's helpful to credit that your contributors just for ethics sake, mm-hmm. but also it, to make it a little easier and more comfortable for them to, to tell other people they worked on it. Yeah. Especially if it's kind of a game that, that does pretty well. And then that person it might face some skepticism as to, did you really work on that? Or did you just like submit a drawing? Do you actually do proper art on that? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, then it is useful. Uh, so it's, it is a service you provide to your contributors as right. well. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just important um I'm kind of I mean, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit. It's like it's important to get it accurate, but also you shouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. Um like it, 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 the crossing every T and, I, and I, dotting every I. I
0: think I think because, you know, in the indie space is small enough, you can just kind of ask how other how people feel about yes, the credits.
2: Yes. That's a really important part is yeah. when you have your credits Share them and say this is what how the credits are going to look. Anybody have any issues?
0: I mean, you yeah. did that with Widget Satchel, right? Yeah, and I so, think we're credited in weird ways, a little <laughs> bit. We did and, a lot of stuff. Well,
2: because everyone put on multiple hats, yeah. and I had a t- I had like every hat a little bit. Yeah, and so what I ended up doing is I credited everybody once, mm. and then uh, gave everybody a bunch of different uh, tasks with slashes. Yeah. yeah. So rather than saying like design. Every everybody, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Programming these people, yeah. Like, uh, everyone just got their name once, and then all the things they did, yeah. And that was a pretty. I think there's probably there's more to that story. And if anyone wants to find out more about what everybody did, they can ask any of us, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I felt it was a pretty accurate, yeah, depiction. I was satisfied.
0: Yeah, uh, makes a
1: lot of sense when you're on a team that where like everybody knows what everyone else is doing. Yeah, that seems like a really good indication that that format's going to work well. Yeah, but like obviously we were saying earlier, AAA AAA quote unquote teams. They're not – it's not a team. It's multiple teams. Yeah. Teams within teams within teams. Yeah. You know, and no one knows what everyone else is doing. Not really. Not to be – like, not to the degree where they could actually accurately credit them. Right. So, that's where it makes sense to have more of the format that maybe film uses because, you know, big budget films have similar lengths of credits. It gets pretty huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's where they're, you know, category, they have a category and then they have everybody who's listed under it as opposed to listing on everybody. Although here's the thing, like the top build actors, you know, like the roles, mm-hmm. they list the name of the actor and then the role or roles that were played.
0: Yeah, that's true. They but, put them first.
1: Yeah, you put them first. And usually that's like for the consumer, that's how they're looking for.
0: Um, Yeah, that's actually a good point. I don't know. I mean, those are the people who are most recognizable in the movie are the people on the screen.
1: Well, yeah. And so that's it's kind of serves both purposes, right? Like it's it's communicating something to the consumer, um, but it's also not communicating. You can get a really long list of characters for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like for (laughs) unless you get down to like. Person with stroller, or like guy tying shoe, mm-hmm. like your named characters. There's not. There's going to be a limited number because you've only got so much working memory that your audience can work right. with.
2: And, and that's what those. That's what those contractual. Or that's yeah. why there's opening credits and closing credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or in a Marvel movie, you'll sometimes see the 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 CGI quote unquote opening credits style, but they'll be at the end of the movie, yeah. and then the real credits will start. Yeah. So you'll see like Chris Evans' name, and then you'll see Chris Evans' name. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. It's because those. Opening credit style, or in the case of a lot of movies, they don't put them at the opening; they put them at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, those are that is what's determined by contract. Right, I'm going to go first, or I'm going to be with, or I'm going to be and. Yeah, because because those are memorable. Mm-hmm. Right, that's why you want to be at the end of the list or the beginning of the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, and so all that and all that is has nothing to do with credits. It's entirely about career. Right, it's right. And so, marketing. so when you see like a Hideo Kojima game yeah. full of movie style credits in that. That type, uh huh. That's not. They're doing it for a different reason. Yeah. They're doing it to mimic cinematic credits. Yeah, yeah. and, okay. and yep. it's to the verisimilitude of this feels like a cinematic. Ooh, experience. nice up top. <laughs> right. It's not done for realism purposes. It's yeah. done to make it feel real. Yeah. Um. And so, as a developer, I think when you think about like, well, are you going to make this uh, a blank game? Like, you put your name. Like, well, ki- that's that's a question of that's an artistic question. Mm-hmm. It's not really a question of crediting or not. Yeah. Right. Um, like how you feel about it, as like, are you branding yourself in that sense, or you know, all, all those sorts of things? Um, yeah, it is. It's just, it's a more complicated and simpler topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll end on: if you are someone working on, on an indie team, mm-hmm. bring this up early. Yes, with the people you're working with, especially yeah. if there's somebody who's responsible for putting the credits together. Um, and and make it clear, like, this is how I'd like to be credited, and then check with me again when the game is done, so we can confirm all these things sometimes yeah. things change yeah so for example i worked on closed hands and i was hired as a developer but i did a ton of art art on that game ah, okay. but i didn't do any of the concept art and i didn't i I, did, I there's original art of mine in there yeah but a lot of it was based on the work of someone else sure so i felt a little bit uncomfortable being like second list of a two-person list of artists oh so i asked can i get additional art by yeah and and dan was like sure that sounds great cool. um because i felt like i wanted to be credited for doing art on this thing because, I mean, one of the things I'm scared of is being known as a programmer. <laughs> <laughs> same. <laughs> so that was, so it mattered to me, right? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I, you know, and the thing is, is you are going to be in your own biased position. So mm-hmm. I'm, I may have felt, like, imagine I, I felt like I wanted to be that, it's the person who's putting those credits together needs to weigh everybody's interests, right? Wow. If someone says, hey, I actually did a little bit extra, uh, did a little bit of a, a tools development, um, even though I'm not on the tools team, mm-hmm. could you put my name uh, on that list? Well, what about the people who did 10 times more work on the tools team? Are they comfortable having your name equal build with yours? Yeah, You know, so be humble, um, but also make sure you do stand up for what you did. Um, And so it's really just a matter of it's like empathy all around. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's not really and you may be unhappy with how you're credited. uh, or You may not be fully satisfied. Yeah. Um, But again, it's important to know that it isn't a a final record. Mm -hmm. You put whatever you want in your resume. Yeah. Right. If you put what what you did, and then and as long as you're not you don't have a reputation as a liar, people will believe you because Mm -hmm. who generally who would lie about that sort of thing? Yes. You know, Um, I think. Yeah. Again, it's more complicated and less complicated than people imagine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's our show. For show notes and links on today's topics, uh, one of which is (laughs) verisimilitude. Go to our website, (laughs) (laughs) NiceGames.club. Visit us on Twitter at Nice Games Club, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and the Noble Robot Office.
2: We were just talking about that.
0: We pew, pew, were. Pew. We like hearing from you, so tweet back or email us. Contact at NiceGames.Club. Nice Games Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff. Sign up at Patreon.com NiceGamesClub. And if you want to keep things more casual, just stop by NiceGames.Club Discord and say hello. Next week, we'll be interviewing folks from Sanctuary RTS. But that's it for this week. So,
2: until we start again, remember to... Play nice... And make
0: nice. Rob the
2: well now we, let's look it up before the mind this whole <laughs> <laughs> time of
1: a huge size, gigantic or tremendous. What?
2: Yep. Oh, that's not a that's not a person's name.
1: No, it was an invented word from Gulliver's Travels. Hmm. Interesting.
2: Oh. Yeah. It's a perfectly cromulent
0: word. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, <laughs> you have to work that phrase in there somewhere. <laughs> no. We have it on I mean we have it here. We'll put it's it recorded. At it's fine. End. Yeah, we'll put it at the end of the credits. <laughs> Goodness
3: sake. <laughs> Anyways. <sighs>